March 8th, 2022. We're in Masechet Sanhedrin, Andaf Nunvav Amud Bet. 13 lines from the top. The second word on the line is Minahane. It's right after that word, Ha'ilan. And uh, if you recall, our context is the Sheva Mitzvot B'nai Noach. Those seven mitzvot, which non-Jews are commanded in or supposed to fulfill as well, according to our Torah. And we mentioned them, and then we mentioned several other opinions in the Biraita as well, at the top of this Amud. says the Gemara, Minahane Mileh. Minahane is a compound word. From where are these Mileh words? Where can we derive these concepts and words of the Sheva Mitzvot B'nai Noach from? Now, there will be no explicit or barely an explicit pasuk from which these laws will be derived. It's not to say, what's that? This will be the source. Now, so you have to understand, and it's said explicitly by some Rishonim, Masoret, much like many of our other halachot, tradition. It's going to be a remes ba pasuk. So in other words, we're about to read a pasuk, and we're going to say it's hinted herein that these are the laws. You'll be able to, for example, Resiha, uh, not murdering, Shofech, Dam Adam Ba Adam Damo Yishafech is explicit. There's no denying that one over here, and yet they're going to read it into this pasuk. Remez Ba Pesukim, but more than that, that's said to B'nai Noach. It's long before, it's long before Abraham is born. You know, forget about that, Am Yisrael. So that you'll have some explicit. But over here, even though the words are Minah which generally speaking is going to be a source in its hardest sense, over here it's a remez, and they're really working with tradition beyond that. But the remez is always telling us, well, says the Gemara, Mar de Amar Kera, the Pasuk states, and this again, we call them B'nai Noah, the descendants of Noah, the descendants of Shem, but technically speaking, in an important sense, this Pasuk is to Adam. I'm going to read the whole Pasuk. This is a lead in Pasuk. It's the initial Pasuk which teaches, instructs Adam, you can and should eat from all the Aetzim, all the trees of the Gan. Of course, the next Pasuk is. But you may not eat from that tree in the middle. There, it's hadat tov vara. That's the pasuk we're going to derive all these laws from. Is the first pasuk that you should surely you must eat from all these trees. Just parenthetically, it's important to state. I've mentioned this more than once. This is an interesting pasuk. We start the pasuk with the word vayisav, which means say this is the command of God, and we're going to derive the sheva mitzvot benenoch from that pasuk. It's a little counterintuitive. You'd imagine, if I said to you, what was the command to Adam HaRishon, you'd probably say that he cannot eat from Esadat. Instead, the pasuk is, he must eat from the Asehagan, the other trees, and he cannot eat from Esadat. It's an overlooked reality. One of my father's rabbis, Rabbi Aaron Lichtenstein, it's quoted in the book By His Light, points out from this, he says, we're supposed to live as human beings, and certainly as Am Yisrael, as Misuvim. It means fundamentally, who are we? We're commanded beings. As a result, to envision a gray zone, which we often speak about, is, in a, is, is a misnomer. There is no gray zone. It's black and white, technically speaking. The question is, what am I supposed to do in this circumstance? There's no reshut. There's no, it's vaisav. No, but I need to sustain myself. You need to command me what not to eat. That I need to eat what's... You'll find this sort of concept everywhere. I'm sure I mentioned it. I've 
unfortunately mentioned it many times. And maybe fortunately it's to fortify it. You've heard it before. I'm going to today in, in a different context speak about a young man who passed away last year uh, from, from the school and uh, he was a senior in high school, he was just graduating. And something unique about him that just ma matches this message in this respect is uh, during uh, lockdown time, which was a, a unique uh, time for a unique individual as he was, he asked me on the Zooms of the classrooms, he was a 12th grader as well, it's a unique circumstance, he said he wants to run or bike during the class time. It was a difficult, you know, in my mind, was, I was at best getting in a few, a few concepts on a daily basis. There wasn't all that much going in on Zoom and lockdown time. So I said, sure, go for it. I said, but you have to participate. I said, I, I'm committed to doing so. And I said, and you have to keep your camera on because we want to see what you're doing. So he went on his bicycle and he was running and, and biking around Brooklyn at a time when Brooklyn was shut down and locked down and whatever. And he would periodically stop and speak up and tell his perspective on the matters. For me, it was a lesson, and I made this point to the students at the time, and I'll reiterate it again today. It's this vision of life as not being separated. He wasn't biking and then learning Torah. He wasn't a person who was into fitness and also into being a Jew. He saw them, or I hope he saw them, and he exemplified them in that context as There's no devar reshut. It's how do I envision myself as a holistic being in this world. So yes, there'll be moments where I'm studying Torah in the raw sense, and there'll be moments where I'm in fitness, but to say that they're synthesized, there's no contradiction. Of course they're a part one of, of another because that's who I am. It makes up my character, it's of course, it's Ramban Nachmani at the beginning of Parashat Kedoshim as well, to not be a Naval Birshuta Torah. People envision Torah as Misvot and Averot, and as a result, as long as I fit within those lines, all is permitted and the lifestyle can be chosen at whim and at will. And as a result, says Ramban, you'll find people who are a Naval, they're a decrepit, uh, low-living low, low person, they're Shuta Torah, quote-unquote, with the permissibility of the Torah. They eat uh, glad kosher meat uh, excessively. They're involved in drinking constantly, but kosher wine, and, uh, and they're involved in sexual activity constantly, but only in a kosher fashion. But if that's your life, yes, you fell within the Shuta Torah. You've missed this message of even your sustenance, even what appears to be the Devar Reshut is really a Sivui. Anyway, that's the Pasuk. Oh, welcome here. We got nervous this morning, Lawrence. Anyway, that's the Pasuk with which we begin these Derashot, and here it goes. Says the Gemara, says Rabbi Yohanan, Vaisav, that first word, and he commanded HaKadosh Baruch Adam Harishon, Elu Haddinin, that's a reference to dinim, as we mentioned, bate dinim, which the non-Jews are supposed to set up for themselves. What sort of bate dinim? We mentioned very briefly, mentioned it again. We'll maybe discuss it at greater length. Mahlok between Harambam and Ramban Nachmani. Specifically, what sort, what the nature of these bate dinim we expect from them are supposed to be about. Vechenu Omer, how do you know Vaisav is a reference to dinim? Well, you might just say, a sivui is, is, is a law, but better. Says the Gemara, the Pasuk says by Abraham Avinu, my favorite Pasuk in Sefer Bereshit, Ki ed'ativ lema'ana sheyisavet banav ve'et beto achara v'shameru derech Adonai la'asot sedakah mishpat. Pasuk says, HaKadosh Baruch Hu says about Abraham, I know about him that he will command his descendants 
Shamiru, and they will uphold, they will safeguard Derech Hashem, the path of God, La'asot, to practice Siddakao Mishpat. Siddakao Mishpat is justice, is dinim, is righteousness. Well, that is, by the way, that is the hallmark of characteristic, personality of Abraham. And that, in turn, is the reference in the Pasuk, say the Hachamim Baisav, uh, is the same thing as Adam, excuse me, Abraham will Yesave. What's that? Dinim. Onward, the Pasuk says Hashem. That's the name of God. Zo Birkat Hashem. That's a reference. The next word in the Pasuk, again, this Pasuk is, so to speak, encoded with what it means to follow the command of God in the most basic sense as any human being. Zo Birkat Hashem. Hashem would be a reference, would be a, a, a coded word to tell us not to curse God. Hashem. So as a result, the Pasuk as well states that if you're nokev, which we interpreted as cursing the name of God, and it's yotkev avke in that context, yumat, mot yumat, you'll be put to death. That's the reference in our Pasuk of Hashem. The next word is elokim. In Perek Bet of Bereshit, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is constantly referred to as Hashem elokim. Elokim zo avodat kochavim. That's a remez to idolatry. You're not allowed to commit idolatry as a benoch. Vechen omer, lo yelecha elohim Aherim. And ironically, the pasuk that we're reading from initially is Elohim. It's referring to Hakadosh Baruch Hu. The other pasuk is well, Elohim Aherim. Certainly, it's not Hakadosh Baruch Hu. I read it as Elohim because it's Behol. It's quote unquote. It's a lowercase gods you can't have, but it means that we're referring with that word Elohim in the divine sense to the wrong one. As I've mentioned on more than one occasion, you very often have in Hebrew words that mean both one thing and its opposite because very often it's a fine line that distinguishes and separates between them. It's not to say conceptually they're not worlds apart. Of course, a fake fake God and the true God are worlds apart. But in terms of discerning, sometimes people can be misled one way as opposed to the other. Like the word, I mean, there's so many, but just we mentioned just recently, Kadesh, a person who's a Kadesh or a Kedesha is a harlot. And you hear in that word, Kedusha, someone who has separated themselves, either for positive or for negative, but can you imagine? It's the exact same word. We're kind of stating you can separate yourself, and it can be positive, and you can envision it as not being all that negative, or maybe just by separating. Lisharish, shorish is a root. Lisharish means to uproot. Ikar is a fundamental. Laakor means to uproot a fundamental, to uproot something. All through and through. Again, you have it with the name of HaKadosh Baruch Hu as well. So it's not so surprising that Elohim is a reference to Okay, so then the Pasuk says, Al Ha'adam. HaKadosh Baruch Hu commands this to the Adam. We dealt with three of the Sheva Mitzvot. What about Al Ha'adam? He commands the son to the Adam. damim. That's a rem is to uh, spilling blood, to murder, that it's a, a prohibited. If you didn't hear the word Adam enough times, you hear it two times in that Pasuk. That is the paradigmatic pasuk with regards to murder in the Torah. It's commanded to B'nai Noach, and that's what I said at the beginning. It's an explicit to B'nai Noach, but we have it here being referenced in the pasuk. Al ha'adam is shivichut amim. Lemor, the next part in the pasuk says that HaKadosh Baruch Hu commands Adam saying, so here's where it gets very creative. Zo gilui arayot. This is a reference to, idol, uh, to adultery. 
adultery through the word to say. That is interesting because you do have the Mishnah in Masechet Ketubot, which talks about misaperim. Uh, Instead of referring to the act of uh, adultery, they say misaperim. Ra'uha midaberit is the Lashon of the Mishnah. They saw her speaking. It's referring to more than that. So you do kind of have it in that context. But over here, the Gemara says it's a reference to this Pasuk Vechen Hu Omer. It's a Pasuk not from a Torah, but rather from Navi. The Pasuk says, Lemor, hen yeshalach ish et ishto, vehalacham yitova, haitali ishacher, hayashu velehaot. Of course, it's referring to the relationship between Avakadosh Baruch Hu Ta'am Yisrael, but in it, it says, Can you imagine a person who sends his wife out? He divorces her, and then ultimately speaking, brings her back. It's called Mahazir Gerushato. If there's relations in the interim, it's absolutely forbidden. But it means the Pasuk over here says Lemor. And we see that Lemor as a reference to Gilui Arayot. Of course, Tosafot points out on our page. So, but wait a second, that's only talking about one of the Gilui Arayot. We have dozens of Gilui Arayot. This one is Mahazir Gerushato. You divorce the woman, you brought her back. Lemor is only a reference to that. It says Tosafot. It stands to reason in the eyes of the Hachamim, where all falls under it. That's one example. Include them all as a result of it. It comes back to the conversation with Judah at the very onset of the class. This is a pasuk which is not our proof, te- proof text per se, but it's a text which will give us a vantage point. We're used to this in the context of mitzvot midrabbanan. The rabbis say, and then they have asmachta from the pasuk. Sometimes, oftentimes, you have masoret. The rabbis are working with tradition. Sheva mitzvot nisavu b'nei noah. And then they'll read it into the text. And as a result, if it's not quote-unquote lot kosher in terms of all the technicalities. We don't get all that nervous, as Tosafot points out on this, because ultimately speaking, we're not deriving it from here. We're just revealing it from here. Says the Pasuk onward, Mikol Hagan, right? That's how Chaydosh Baruch Hu saying, God saying to Adam, you can and must eat from all the trees of the garden. Velo gezel. Uh, but you're not allowed to eat from gezel. In other words, the idea being, as Rashi says, Hakadosh Baruch Hu Kivyachol is mafkir, uh, back to our word at the beginning, uh, uh, Nathan. He's, uh, he's making ownerless all those trees of the garden. However, uh, says the Gemara, or says it to be Yohanan, why did he need to do so? In other words, the way he's reading the Pasuk is, Achol tochel, it's permitted for you to eat them from them. Why so? Kivyachol, God is saying, I'm now making them ownerless. It means if it has an owner, you can't eat from it. Who is it ownerless from? Those are the words of Rashi, who is mafkir. It's from God. It's a statement. This is the pasuk in which he's handing it over to humankind, which means to say, if it's yours, so you can eat from it. If it's not yours, then you're not eating from it. It's partially gezel when they ate from the tree because it was not theirs. Yes, at its core, gezel in that context is an act of defiance. So it's, it's one and the same. In other words, the, the incapability of realizing that this is not mine and I don't have the rights to it is gezel. So it's, it's, it's one and the same. But you want to use those words very, very clever and creative to say it like that. Yes. At its core, it's the same shorash avera as gezel. So that says the pasuk onward: Achol tochel adam, you can eat from, or you should eat rather, from all the trees. Velo ever min It means you eat from the trees, but you don't eat from living 
organ, living beings. Now, again, as I mentioned yesterday, at some point at the end of the class, this is an interesting, Tosafot asked this question, says, but the Pasuk is not only saying Evim in Ahai, is it? And as a matter of fact, the Gemara later on will derive in the name of Rav, that the Pasuk after the Mabul turns to B'nai Noah, actual B'nai Noah, not Adam Harishon, and says to them, now you can eat, I've made all the animals, I've given them to you as if they're the growth of the fields, which seems to imply quite, quite, quite clearly that beforehand they weren't allowed to eat animals. So it's not just that you're not allowed to eat from an animal when it's alive, you need to kill it beforehand, and you weren't allowed to eat from animals at all. Suggest Tosafot, it's this Tosafot, Aval Tochel, the second one on the right hand side. Says Tosafot, perhaps the explanation is over there, the Gemara is saying to Adam Harishon, he wasn't supposed to, he wasn't allowed to eat until the days of Noah from an animal that even, that he's not allowed to um, uh, kill the animal in order to eat from it, right? In other words, there was a permissible meat to Adam Harishon, that's Tosafot's suggestion. That's if the animal died on its own. There was no halachot of shechita. The animal died on its own. You were not allowed to slaughter in order to eat from. That's or kill in order to eat from. That's what Noah got the heter for. So you understand there was a stage over here. There was never... What's, that's according to Tosafot's interpretation. There was never even an ideal of vegetarianism, so to speak. What's that? Very nice. The Gemaranda Fnuntet Tosafot is quoting from by Noah is Doresh the Pasuk. God turns to Noah and he said, I've given you all the animals as the growth of the field. It seems to imply, says Rav over there, that the growth of the field was all that was permitted before Antifal. Now there are different approaches to this matter. Some, some argue it's Mahloket. There's two ways of reading the Pesukim. Our Gemara is suggesting that there was never a vegetarianism and never even an Isur to kill. That's, you read that pasuk differently. There was only an Evim in Ahai. I will just tell you, this Tosafot holds, it holds in it a certain understanding in terms of, well, why would the, what, what is that concept? What is, quote unquote, that ideal world before the days of Noah? It's not per se, and this is an important point, it's not per se, well, again, it's not per se the eating of meat. That's not inappropriate at any point. It is perhaps the act of slaughtering as Abar Benel suggests in his commentary to the Torah because the act of slaughtering might bring out or does bring out a certain cruel side and might bring that out in you why would it be permitted ultimately speaking well not only korbanot I have stacks I have, I have steak sandwiches and, and chicken that's true once upon a time I would have killed it perhaps you know so how, how do we have slaughterers so are, we, are we you know damning them the answer is says HaKadosh Baruch explains Abar Benel, well, post-Mabul, God looks at the world, of course, he didn't mess this up at all and whatever, but he looks at the world and says, listen, human beings are killing one another. If I don't channel it to animals, well, then they're going to continue to kill. So let me do this the right way. I'm not going to say that they can't kill animals. I'm going to say they can kill animals, but do it. And otherwise, they'll continue killing one another. It's, so to speak, this ideal and this unideal, which matches this vision of Tosafot perfectly. Because Tosafot's claim is it was never forbidden to eat from meat. It was only forbidden to kill, which is the issue that underlay, so to speak, that ideal and unideal world. Okay, says the Gemara onward, Kiata Rabi 
Yitzhak, when Rabbi Yitzhak arrived, when he came from Eris Yisrael. So keep in mind, this was all our Dirashot. So Rabbi Yitzhak just flipped two of these dirashot, and the Gemara will say it's not just a uh, poetic dirashah flourish, it's rather significant, his change. Tane ipcha, he had an opposite teaching. So again, it's going to seem nuanced. The Gemara is going to suggest it's more fundamental than just nuanced. How so? Vaisav, that first word in the Pasuk, if you recall, and he commanded, we began the class with this, he commanded, and we understood that as dinim. So he has it not as dinim, but rather as avodat kochavim. Now that's interesting. So vaisav is a reference to avodat zarah. Well, keep in mind, what was the reference to Avodaza earlier? It was Elohim. Remember Elohim, and you had, you're not allowed to be Oved, Elohim Aherim Alpanai. Lo yelecha Elohim Aherim Alpanai. Elohim now, in this Pasuk, in Bereshit, Zodinim. So he just flipped those two. He flipped the derasha. Elohim is not a reference to Avodazara, it's rather to Dinim. Vaisav is not a reference to Dinim, it's rather a reference to Avodazara. Says the Gemara, first and foremost, let's deal with technically how he pulls this off, and then we'll try to understand what is, is there some sort of fundamental difference in halakha between the two in terms of how they portray this from the Pasuk. Bishlama, it's understood, says the Gemara, Elohim, when the Pasuk refers to Elohim, Zodinim, that's a reference to, uh, to the Dinim, to the law system which we expect the Bnei Noach to, uh, to set up. Dichtiv v'nikrav ba'al habayit el ha'elohim. Pasuk pesukim in parashat mishpatim, we saw this on Daf Bet and Daf Gimal in our Masechet already, but pesukim oftentimes refer to the Betim as Elohim. That's the reference. As a result of the Pasuk says Elohim, and yes, we already brought it down to a lowercase god in terms of Lo Yelecha Elohim Achirim Al Panai. This time it's not a lowercase god, it's rather the Betin, it's the important individuals. When the Pasuk says Vaisav Hashem Elohim, it's a reference to Betin as Elohim when we refer to the Dayanim, and of course that's Dinim, that's, that's a law system. Why is it that we refer to Dayanim, to a Betin as Elohim? It's the similar word to God. It's the same word as God. Well, it's not so hard to understand that either. Indeed, one approach to the matter, and we kind of saw this referred to in the Gemara, I wasn't going to go there, but I'll go there. Elohim Elohim They are partners with HaKadosh Baruch Hu in the deen. Which means if you're walking on the path of God, you're doing righteousness and justice, and that's uh, alternatively, perhaps more Peshat, but I'm not saying that's not Peshat, is the word Elohim, or in the whole sense, Elohim, is Milashon Alim. Alim means strong. There's a certain strength. We look at HaKadosh Baruch as being the emblem of strength, but we look at our Dayanim as hopefully personifying strength in that respect as well. That's why it's Midatadim. Deen, Deen is Elohim, Alim, it's the creator, it's Perek Aleph of Bereshit, is Elohim throughout. Why Elohim? That's the creator, creator sign. That's the Midat Adin, the strength. Okay, anyway, says the Gemara, so that part I understand. How he found, so to speak, in the word Elohim, a reference to Dinim as being, Venikrav Ba'al Abayt El Elohim as Bet Din, I understand. What about El Vaisav, Zo Avodah Zarah, Mai Mashmah? How did he even find any remes in the word Vayisav to Avodah Zarah? Says the Gemara, Rav Hastav, Rav Yitzhak, Rav Dimi, the two Emoraim debated this. How so? Hadamar, one pointed to a pasuk by Cheta Egel. The pasuk says, Saru maher min haderech asher sivitim asu lahem. They made Egel masecha vayishtachavula. Go ahead. Just the... 
We're going to get there. The Gemara is going to get there. The Gemara is going to suggest, going to suggest, I mean, firstly, your mind say philosophically, which word can I, could be. The Gemara will give a nafkamina ledina. So just give it a, Ho- hopefully within 10 minutes we'll get there. At the very- no, 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 it's all good. Anyway, so but before that, I, I said we just got to get through the technicalities before. Again, not that that's not a technicality as well. But anyway, says the Gemara, what's, the, what's that reference in Vayisav to Abu Dazara? So the first suggestion is from Chita Egel. Chita Egel, Pasuk says, they veered, God tells Moshe, quickly from the path which I was sivitim, which I commanded them, they erected, they constructed egel, this golden calf. As a result, that's a reference to avodah zarah. Sivitim vaisav is a similar, if not identical word. Hadamar, the other one says, no, I have a different pasuk. And of course, you'll ask something like that over here, Jared. Not necessarily going to go into that. Why do you need two separate pasukim and what are they really debating? These two. Anyway, what's this pasuk? Ashuk Ephraim resus mishpat so Ashuk Ephraim, Ephraim is this reference to Am Yisrael here in Hoshea, and the Pasuk in context is they're going after Sav, they're going off of the command of God. Well, that being the case, either way you slice it, when it comes down to this, a mahlokit about where we're deriving A, Avodah Zarah, is it from the word Vayisav, or is it from the word Elohim? And B, where you're deriving dinim by B'nai Noah. Again, is it from the word Vaisav or from Elohim? Says Gemara, my B'nai, what's the difference between those two initial opinions about where you're deriving? Ultimately speaking, Sheva Mitzvot Nitzavu B'nai Noah. So you have it from there, you have it from there. It's beautiful, we should talk about it. Maybe it has some sort of philosophical underpinning. Does it have a practical difference? Is the halacha that will be different with regards to how you derive these Sheva Mitzvot? Ika B'nai, says the Gemara, indeed there is. Ika means yesh, there is benayu, means between the two. The word bina means to understand the difference. That's ben. The word ben means, means in between. Benayu means in between the two. The difference between them is akum, that's a non-Jew, she'asa avodah zara velo ishtahavela. So the circumstance would be if a non-Jew created, if he crafted avodah zara, but has not Worshipped it, has not literally bowed to it, but it means all modes and methods of worship, which means to say again, is there a death penalty for just setting up the Avodah Zarah? Now, for Yisrael, there's a command against crafting, it's at the end of Parashat Yitrotz and elsewhere as well, against making, but there's not a death penalty connected to it. By a non Jew, the suggestion will be right here that. Bene Noah, calling it non-Jews because with Adam as well, but Bene Noah, if they just create Avodah Zarah, they just chisel an idol, they just, I don't know, put together or whatever, is there a death penalty attached to that even without worship? Says the Gemara, I'll tell you how. Says the Gemara, if you look at the Pasuk by Heta Egel, the issue is twofold. They created, they crafted the Avodah Zarah, and they then, so to speak, worshipped it. Why mention in context that they created it? The issue is that they, that they were Mishtahavet, that they yes, said, Eloheicha Yisrael. Understood. But, 
the other pasuk was in the context of Abraham Avin We're willing to do that because we're doing this as a gilui. We're learning that that's what the word means. The, the bigger issue, I think Teddy will, will knock, knock us on this, bigger, I'm not bigger, both issues. The other issue is, uh, well, uh, pasuk says Hetaega uh, wasn't just a construction. It was also some sort of worship. The understanding in turn how, how, how that seems to be, however, that the pasuk is unnecessarily, when God turns to Moshe, he doesn't need to talk about the fact that they made it. Let's talk about that they're worshiping it. He seems to be stating there's twofold wrongful activities over here, the construction and the worship. You, know, you, you do find this in Derashot Hachamim. I remember the, the Gemara in Masechet, uh, in Masechet Nidarim, this as, just as an example comes to mind. Gemara Masechet Nidarim has this funny statement that a person who, who makes a neder and upholds it, he doesn't uh, look to get rid of it, it's ki'ilu bana bama alea. Now, a bama is a forbidden sacrificial site, and sacrifices on it. Is there a prohibition about constructing the bama? Generally speaking, we say, okay, it's wrong because it's going to bring you to sacrifice on it. And I remember there being a debate over there uh, with regards to that. And certainly we always attach the beginning activities to what ultimately ensues. We say, whatever ended up, you know, you could have, if you looked carefully at the beginning, find that present. The suggestion over here is, whereas for Yisrael, the initial stages is punishable, but not by death. For Akum, for non-Jews, they'll be punished for the Asiyah, according to that opinion. It's a fundamental difference. Again, you walk into the guy's, I don't know, temple, the guy's home, and he has the thing, you put a bullet in his head, I don't know if you do it, but you know, someone puts a bullet in their head, why or, or behead them, Saif. Whatever. Like, what do you do? I didn't even worship it. I wasn't. No, but you, you, you created that. That in and of itself. Whereas with a Jew, you wouldn't do so. That's the Gemara's suggestion. Again, the difference between Akum if it's Lemisha Amar, according to the opinion, says you derive it from Heta Egalasu, Mishatasiyame Hayev. You are, uh, you are Hayav, uh, Hayav Mita is a non Jew from Shaatasiyah. Lemanda Amar. I gotcha, and I'm carefully mentioning that for a Jew as well, it's wrong and it's punishable. The Torah says it's punishable. The Torah makes clear you're not allowed to, you're not allowed to craft. However, the Yechayuv, it's going to be Malkut. It's going to be lashes. We're not going to let you off. I mean, we're going to give you a hard time. But all, and, and that's what I was saying as well. The Bana Bama, the Gemara is critical of that. You don't see any sort of crafting of Bama. Even there, the Gemara says, that's wrong. Anytime, stumbling block for yourself is inappropriate. If you set it up, you know, it reminds me of uh, reminds me of, of, of elsewhere, where, where, where at the end of Masih, the first pair of Masechet Kiddushin, where the Gemara on Mem, the Gemara talks about a machshava ra'a and a machshava toba, and what leads you to the sin or leads you to the mitzvah. We pay careful attention to it. Uh, it's not to say that you're per se punished for the machshava ra'a per se. There's a question about by akum if you are, but uh, in, in machshava toba, something that brings you to the mitzvah, we say the whole thing, lefum sa'ara agra. So there's no question that we're saying everything goes into it. Question if it's punishable by death. Suggestion here is, according to one of the opinions, for a non-Jew it is. According to the other opinion who derives it from that pasuk in Hosea, it's uh, the pasuk says you went after it. So in turn, as we literally went after it, halach means and you worshipped it. That would be the mahlok. It says, Challenges, Rabbi, is that really a difference? You just told me two opinions. One opinion says just constructing for a non-Jew is punishable by that. The other opinion says not. Could anyone conceive of that first opinion? 
punishable by death for just constructing it? The Hatanya doesn't the Beraita teach us Be'akum when we judge or when non-Jews are judged? Devarim shebetin shal Yisrael mimitina alehen benoach muzhar alehen. En betin shal Yisrael mimitina alehen en benoach muzhar alehen. Says the Beraita, the only time non-Jews will be punished is if it's a matter which could be upheld in a Jewish judgment case, which means to say, if I wouldn't judge a Jew accordingly, with some of the specifics we're assuming, I won't judge the Ben Noah on the same law in the same fashion. Well, wait a second, you just told me, we've just discussed the last five minutes that a Jew, that a Yisrael, will not be punished by death. That goes against the principle of this Beraita. Lema'utemai, what do you... That's, that's one of our punchlines. In other words, Morris, you're, you're making the case against it. The Gemara's assumption is this is going to be all-inclusive. The Gemara's answer will be, maybe it's not all-inclusive, maybe it's only referring to a specific segment of we need it this way, and so too they need it that way. Do you understand what I'm saying? So give the Gemara a few minutes, we'll, we'll get to your point. Says the uh, what would this Beraita be coming to tell you? Don't think differently. In other words, the non-Jews are identical to the Jews. Lav lemaute is it not coming to to exclude and to tell you that this is the case? Akum is it not coming to tell you a case like that? Whereas by Israel, it's not punishable by death. So too by non-Jew, it's not it's not punishable by death either. Or are you going to make the argument that this Beraita is trying to tell you a different law? Amar of Papa, lo, no, it's not coming to teach you that. It's lemaute gipuf v'nishuk. Suggest the Gemara, no, it's coming to tell you gipuf means hugging, and nishuk, of course, means kissing. Hugging and kissing the avodah You might have said that the non-Jew is punishable by death in such a circumstance. Uh, whereas the Jew is not. Says the Gemara, one second, what are you, t-? and the Hidush is that just like a Jew, which Hibuk and Nishuk? Gibuk v'nishuk, demai, what sort of hugging and kissing of this Avodah are you talking about? If it's the way of worshipping, so that's the way of worshipping, a Jew would get killed for that as well. If the way you worship this Avodah is by hugging and kissing it, that you did worship by doing so, you're punishable by that, so is the non-Jew. So rather, says the Gemara, perhaps it's coming to exclude Shilokidarka. In other words, this is not the way of worship Davadazara. You happen to have done that. The Hidush of this Beraita is such that when it comes to non-Jews and Jews, we'll judge the non-Jews identically in that case to Jews, which means to say the hugging and kissing, if that's not the way of worship, you're just so infatuated, you're not punished by death, terrible thing, you shouldn't have done it, we won't even give you lashes, maybe rabbinic lashes, so to a non-Jew, but it's not coming per se to tell you that the construction is not punishable by death by a non-Jew. Morris does say there are still differences, and we will yet see them in a bit, very quickly, says the Gemara, Dinin bin Noach Ifkut, wait a second, are non-Jews commanded in the construction of Bate Dinim? Is that really so? Vehatanya, don't we have a Beraita which seems to teach differently? Will suffice with the question. Vehatanya doesn't the Beraita teach? At Marah, which was that first juncture upon leaving Egypt, we stopped at this place in the desert and the Pasuk says, Sham Sam Lo Hoku Mishpat Vasham Nisel. Pasuk seems to say, there God set for us some sort of law and justice, I'm not fully clear, the Hachamim will now tell us the famous statement as to what we were taught there, but let's see what we were taught there. What were we taught there? Sheva, there were ten mitzvot that we were taught there. Sheva shekibilu alehem b'nei Noah. Seven were the ones that non-Jews already had. Vehosifu alehem dinin, 
בשבת וכיבוד אביהם, שמה ישראל, יותר מדינים we already had, this beraita seems to be saying, we got דינים in addition to those seven מצוות, that's a strange, the seven, that's right, we got it, so it means seven were the non-Jews, we re-accepted those, we were commanded those, in addition three, what's one of those three? Dinim, it sounds like part of those seven is not Dinim, that's the challenge of the Gemara, very briefly just to point out something parenthetically, you see the words over here are, we were commanded ten, the seven misot ben enoch, hosifu alehem, three more, that's an interesting way of stating, why doesn't it just say we were commanded three? If the seven we already had as non-Jews, quote unquote, before leaving Egypt, as as a Ben Noah, why is it we were commanded 10 plus 3? There are some who suggest the following. Harambam is Perusha Mishnayot, and a famous, famous Mishnah, Perikita Nasheh, on the Mishnah over there, suggests the following. He's, he writes that when we, and it has many ramifications, come back to a conversation with Jared very briefly yesterday, and it goes like this When we follow the Misvot Torah, we don't follow them because we were commanded before Matan Torah. Everything and anything we do is only because we were commanded at Torah, which means to say, for argument's sake, if it wasn't repeated milah at Sha'at Matan Torah or afterwards, we wouldn't be doing milah, but Abraham was commanded. That's not what we build the basis of our mitzvot. It had to be commanded at Ma'amat Sinai. In turn, the Beraita is saying, ten mitzvot, because we were recommanded those Sheva mitzvot. Had we not been, we wouldn't be commanded in them afterwards. Baruch Adonai Le'olam, Amen Amen.